0: We say good morning on a Friday morning to Maureen Holloway. Nice to have you. Good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm okay. I'm working from home better actually.
1: Oh, are you? Oh, good, because it's awful out there.
0: It is. I didn't want to drive and actually at the risk of sounding like um, a whiny person. But yesterday, this has been a long week, and yesterday with the marathon, the radiothon, it was a long day. So I just decided, "Ah, you know what? Not having to commute on Friday morning is going to make me feel better.
1: Well, good. Whatever makes you feel. Whatever blows your skirt up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that could lead us in so many directions, but yeah, we just I know, keep moving. I know, So, death on a plane. Tell me about yes, this.
1: Yes, it didn't happen to me. It was no. Aiden, yeah. uh, my son, and his wife were coming home from their honeymoon nice. uh, last week, and they were on a transatlantic la- flight uh, coming in from Amsterdam, and a passenger died. Uh, she was a woman in her 50s uh, traveling alone and she must have had a stroke or, or, or cardiac arrest and uh, so, so some statistics for you so medical emergencies are not uncommon on flights I mean they're not common but uh, the statistic is one in every 600 flights but actual death mm-hmm. is rare it, it is rare like point three percent of those emergencies uh, end in death and we just assume as passengers that they've got to, that that the airlines have protocols Call in place, and they do. But they what they don't have is a special compartment for the body. They'll uh, they'll move the body to the back of the plane if there is room. But nowadays, as you know, uh, most flights are fully booked, so the body stays in its seat with a blanket, which with which would be terrible for the people next to that oh, seat, especially if if it's a relative. Let's say it's your spouse. Um, so what happened with, with uh, in this case is they did ask for a medical professional um, and they did perform CPR for 30 minutes and the flight attendant sort of, uh, Aiden and Jamie didn't, they weren't right there, but they were informed on what was going on. They did not make an emergency landing, although they were apparently over land at this point, they were over Labrador. Uh, and when the the plane landed, passengers were kept in their seats until police and uh, emergency services arrived to investigate. And uh, and it was all very traumatic and awful. And uh, especially, I, I would imagine, for this poor woman's family who yeah. were waiting for her at the other end. Well, but the, yeah, yeah, this could happen. They don't have a place. They don't have a little, you know, cargo
0: spot for um, for bodies. So
1: something to keep in mind.
0: Well, and it also, you know, it, when something like that happens, it all of a sudden makes everything else seem trivial, right? Like, you can't yeah. exactly say, I'll have the white wine.
1: <laughs> well, that's wait, this is, uh, not, to, uh, not to be disrespectful or anything, but no, they did this. Is, this is the shocking part. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. They suspended the, the food and drink service everywhere but business class.
0: Oh, that is all How do you like that? <laughs> hey, rich people can keep on drinking, but the rest of you folks <laughs> show some of respect. Of ha. Isn't so, that
1: terrible? <laughs>
0: there's a new study out. I don't think this is terribly surprising, but they've kind of documented it that finds that our self esteem is heavily invested in whatever sports franchise. We happen to support uh, This was yeah. actually in reference to Soccer I think but at the same Time I, I have to think okay so What does this say about Maple Leafs fans
1: I know that's the first thing I thought Of as well <laughs> well of course our, our I mean, it, it, Depending on how big a sports fan You are but your self esteem is Invested in your team but I, I'm thinking uh, yeah it does not Bode well for Leafs fans <laughs> For us as a city and It, 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 I may, it may after all, You know what, what's it been now 60 years it's 1967
0: uh, the last good There you year go is, yeah. yes as if we don't know this <laughs> <So>
1: why <laughs> am I even asking uh, but I'm sure that that has had a long-term and profound effect on on our uh, our our, our uh, view of ourselves as sports fans but then when you think of uh, you know back to soccer like look I, I don't know if you've watched welcome to Wrexham Ryan Reynolds uh, uh, documentary no. about his team oh it's lovely it's like a real-life Ted lasso but you really see how a whole town uh, is deeply invested in its in its soccer team, its football team. Uh, it's not just a team. It's it's the the the, the pub after the game is the, 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 the center of uh, of all cultural activity. Um, so yeah, it's not the least bit surprising that that uh, a team would represent a town and the people in it.
0: Yeah, I was mentioning the the phrase the last good year that was actually advanced by Pierre Burton And he said 1967 was the last good year, but think about it for a second. We had Expo 67. It was centennial year Um, Lester B Pearson was on his sort of victory lap wearing striped Mm -hmm. pants and then The Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, it was another age. Yeah, it was a golden time
0: it was, and I was one, so.
1: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even in Toronto,
0: so. <laughs> no, and I'm a little, no, well I would've been rooting for the Canadians anyway, but I'm, I have to say I've always been a little um, indignant about the fact that I wasn't old enough to enjoy Expo, which apparently was like my mother's favorite year of her entire life.
1: Yeah, for our parents' generation, that was it. absolutely it. I'm, I remember I had a, I don't remember much of Expo, I'm a little bit older than you, but I did have a passport. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little red passport with a, with a maple centennial on it. And, yep. It
0: looked like a passport, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was really cool.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you it was like a handful of beans. My dad came home and he had bought four passports for him, his uh, for my mom, and for my brother and sister. And I wasn't old enough for anything. And Aww. my mother thought that it was the dumbest thing he had ever done. Oh. And then she practically lived at Expo for the entire yeah. summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful time.
0: Um, Amy Robach and TJ Holmes, co-hosts of ABC News and apparently co-hosts of each other.
1: Well, Good Morning America, actually. Yeah, and it's, uh, well, you wouldn't know because you're working. I know. (laughs) It's uh, Amy Robach and TJ Holmes, and they've been having an affair, uh, and they left their spouses, and uh, they've been suspended. From the show, because the network, I mean, there's no company policy at ABC saying they can't be together. Right. But for some reason, the network has decided to suspend them with pay, as far as we know, uh, to figure out what to do with them. And... I mean, if they let them go, they're going to have a hell of a lawsuit on their hands because there's no reason. I mean, really, it's nobody's business uh, but their own and their spouse's. Um, But it is interesting because what happens if they let them go? Will will they have a non-compete? Will someone else pick them up? Uh, and also, I don't know if you remember Joe Scarborough and uh, Mika Brzezinski of, yeah. of Morning Joe. Yeah, they, they they had an affair and fell in love. They got to keep their jobs.
0: Yeah, it is um, interesting because it seems very Presbyterian. Um, doesn't I, it? I mean, I really, I'm not in favor of people cheating on their partners, but if two co-hosts on a TV show leave their partners and end up together, I really don't care.
1: Right, and there's also something about morning shows that brings people together. I think it's because, you know, you go to work in the dark and the hosts are supposed to have chemistry and sometimes it goes farther. I mean, look at you and Robert Turner, if we're going to say.
0: Well, I was just thinking, like, now all the listeners are going to be, well, when's John Moore getting together with Maureen Holloway?
1: <laughs> it's not going to work if we work from home.
0: No. Well, there's a lot of other issues.
1: <laughs> you think? Uh,
0: you want to give a quick shout out to what's going on on yes. Women oh, of well, Ill Repute? Yes.
1: Thank you. We are actually, uh, this is our last episode of the year. Erin Davis is our guest and uh, the, the current episode, and she's just wonderful. She's now living on Vancouver Island after she loves CHFI and uh, doing all sorts of interesting things. And she makes me think of Christmas, so she's uh, our year-ender. We're going to take three weeks off, and then we are back in January with a stellar lineup of, uh, of amazing women. Yeah, like, you're doing uh, men now. We're doing men. (laughs) Wendy and I like to say, we're going to do men next year. Yeah, well, we still have a bunch of amazing women uh, lined up. We've got Unifor President Lana Payne, uh, Chief Justice Beverly McLaughlin, uh, Comedian Aisha Brown. But yeah, we we are doing men, and uh, hopefully you'll be one of them.
0: Oh, well, that would be lovely. A little kinky, maybe, but... A little
1: weird, but why not?
0: (laughs) Okay, we're late for news. Maureen, thank you. That's Maureen Holloway um, with the podcast Women of Ill Repute.